1: This is a Web Canopy Studio production.
0: Welcome everybody to dropping the gloves with John Scott and Tim Wurzberger. Hello, Tim. How are you? Doing good. What's going on? Not much. This episode, Tim,
1: brought to you by Bet Online. Did you know that? I did. I don't. I know now. I've been thinking about placing some uh, some bets. I'm a little bored here in this quarantine.
0: It's funny. You think you can't bet on anything, but you can. There's lots of stuff. I just saw the other day. You can bet on table tennis. <laughs> You're still playing table tennis. So check it out, go to bet online, play some bets and uh, code blue wire, you get some discounts, it'll be fun. But anyways, we are in lockdown, Tim, we're under quarantine. So we cannot be face to face. It's very difficult to not smell your musk. I must (laughs) say. So we are where are you right now in your bedroom?
1: No, I'm in my kitchen. Um, You know, our office is working 100% remotely. Now we did it maybe a couple of days before it was kind of mandatory, but I think everyone's just being cautious right now. Fortunately, there's not a ton to worry about in Traverse City compared to other regions of the, of the country so far. There's not as quite, quite as much mania. Like my family back home is all like, grocery stores are empty, you know, everyone's, the traffic's crazy and people are just kind of crazy, but um, here it's a little more isolated, but people are still nervous. People are still watching the news. People are still being you know careful, so. Yeah, I
0: went to Costco yesterday, the toilet paper was gone. Not yep, that I was yep. looking for toilet paper, but I, um, I don't know, I got all worked up. My buddy sent me a tweet. It's like the whole country is going to shut down. So I went and I stocked up on a bunch of essentials. And so we're we're going to bunker down for, I think, a good four days to a week where we don't even leave the house. So this should be interesting with the kids. And I don't know, we'll see how it goes. So we're We're in day one of just total lockdown, not leaving the house. Not yeah, I was anywhere.
1: thinking though, like how much is, is your life even changing though? I mean you already have the kids home for most of the day anyway, right? It doesn't change much.
0: If we uh, I leave the house, you know, I go to your <laughs> office and do that and yeah. That's about it. My 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 social when when everyone's like you got a social distance, I'm like, I don't really see many
1: people anyways.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I literally see you, my wife, and then that's it.
1: It's not a big deal, like, for me to work from home because it's just me. I don't have any kids or wife or anything like that. But, like, for our coworkers who've got, you know, a three-year-old running around, they're, they're home from daycare or preschool or whatever. And, like, how do you get anything done in a small house with them? It's It's got to be tough. Um, it's
0: forcing families to talk to each other. Yeah. Is good but could be very bad sometimes. You realize you don't like your kids or your spouse anymore. <laughs> yeah. So no, we're we're in a good spot. We are just hanging out. But anyways, I did see that they had their first positive test in NHL the other day. Did you
1: see that? Yeah, no name released at this point though, right? No guy from Ottawa.
0: So I'm surprised there's only been one. Every other major sports league has multiple people being tested positive. So it's it's good that the NHL only has one but it's starting
1: yeah especially when you consider like how many in certain arenas you're sharing locker rooms with nba players and uh, benches and all that stuff too so
0: yeah you share you don't share locker rooms with them you um like i i split arenas with a few different pro sports teams and you barely see them so the idea is oh well we we shared with the new york knicks we never really saw them or when I was in Houston, I shared it with the Rockets. Or when I was in Chicago, we shared it with the Bulls. We never saw them. Yeah. So the idea of cross-contamination there is kind of a little far-fetched. But I guess the, the way to get cross-contaminated would be the staff working both games and interacting with the players. Like, all these guys have their fancy handshakes with all the security guards and stuff. And <laughs> I'm sure right. they pass it that way. But, yeah, I'm not. it's not like I'm bumping into Yao Ming when I played in Houston very often, so – Speak. I did see him one time. He was leaving the rink and he had this BMW. He took the front seats out, and or put t- sorry, took the back seats out. Pushed the front seats all the way back to where the back seats were, and he had like the drivetrain move back, and he like drove from the back seat. No way. It was because he's so big. Yeah. Like, he was so, like I thought I was tall. I'm six eight. He was seven foot six. Yeah. Can you believe There's that next to him. Yeah. He's he's like well he's a foot taller than him his head is the size of like a big garbage can it's he's got a big old head on him and he's taller than most people when he's sitting down he's got such a massive torso
1: so what about um, your your hockey game that was the tough news right that the the championship of your league you know you know whatever six months of anticipation just gone so down.
0: our championship game fell right before. I think this pandemic and everybody going crazy hit. It was kind of in the gray area where, like, what's going to happen? Like, everyone was starting to get worried. So there's four teams in the league. There was only two teams in the finals. Obviously, I was one of them. And then Union Street is the other one. They had all these closed-door meetings and stuff, and the captains were voting and this and that. Our whole team, we were game. We were like, we're, we're showing up on Sunday. You guys can come and play if you want. Well, we're showing up. And then we we get all these messages from the other teams saying, oh, all the captains voted and they all voted no. And our captain said, no, I voted yes. Like, well, I didn't even vote, really. So basically, the Union Street didn't want to play. Their captain, I don't know if he's a germaphobe or what the deal is, but Anton said, we're not playing, even though his whole team wanted to play. So I guess the season's canceled. They said we're going to reschedule it later on. But, like, my goalie already put his pads away. So, yeah. we're not going to play. I, I blame it on Union Street. They're a bunch of chickens. They didn't want to play us. They saw us in the semifinals. We dominated 5-0. No one gets shutouts in the playoffs. And we 5-0 skunked the other team just because the D was on the lockdown, baby. And uh, <laughs> well, they were watching the whole game. And I think they got a little nervous. So
1: You can't lose a championship if you don't play it, right? I know. It's a meme. Yeah,
0: Smart. and they're if they won it last year so they're like oh we're still the champions but i, I don't think so oh no i don't know no. i'm if i don't know that's the thing we didn't play it we didn't play it we didn't get that that um that final game in so i was i was hopeful we were going to get it in but it didn't happen so to all my listeners i'm sorry jir did score two goals last game i heard from he was very happy about that so jir ended on a high note Hey, yeah. not a bad way to end your career.
1: Bodes well for the uh, the postseason meetings that are going to happen.
0: Oh, no. Jerv's gone. He's he's off the team. Oh, come so on. That, like, he's done. That was his final
1: game in Jolly Pumpkin
0: uniform. So, it was a good way to go out. It was a good way to go out. Much like my All-Star game, he had the 2 nothing win in the playoffs. Wait.
1: Were they uh, pretty goals?
0: No. No, they were not. They were rebound goals in the right spot at the right time. It was just – it was – We played a really good defensive game. We pretty much smothered the other team. They made a couple mistakes, and we took advantage. It was a good, good playoff game. I was very happy with our performance.
1: So, yeah, that's one of the negative parts of this whole quarantine. But, um, like, it hasn't hit too bad around here, but I was talking to a client uh, Monday or Tuesday um, who's in Paris, and he said that the entire city – is on like a military lockdown the army's patrolling the streets making sure people aren't out and about like they're living in a military state right now which is got to be kind of frustrating and scary and all those things you can see why it's you know will we head that direction as a country probably not as extreme but i think i think things are going to get a lot more intense than they are now um and it, this whole thing is probably going to get worse before it gets better so we'll
0: yeah see. when you when you look at the um the chart, the exponential chart, we're kind of mapping every other thing, every other country, every other place that's got it. So buckle up, everybody, it's going to continue to get bad. So hopefully, hopefully everybody's staying safe and, you know, has enough food and toilet paper, but what are you going to do? It's just, you kind of have to embrace it and just roll with the punches. It is what it is. I was, you know, texting with some guys in the league and they had an interesting talk with, um, the NHLPA the other day. So remember, last podcast, we talked about losing revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Escrow going up. Yep. So if the season ends now, I think they're anticipated to lose around $1 billion of revenue. And in the NHL, that's a huge deal. When you only make a few billion, if you lose a third of that, that's massive. And the way the owners do that, since the owners don't lose money, they take that portion right out of the player's salary. So the escrow right now is at 14%, which is which is decent from what it has been. Uh, when I played, it got up to 17, 18% of time. So 14% is pretty, pretty average. They said best case scenario, if we do get back to playing, we'll lose 4%. So that means your escrow will be at 8%. Worst case scenario, they were saying that's this is what the NHL told them to be, the PA told them to be prepared for. It. You tack on an additional 21% to your 14%. So you're losing 35% of your salary. Wow. And the way it works is, so if I make a million dollars, I get taxed on that 1 Mm million. Then I get $350,000 taken out of that. And so if I'm getting taxed on that million, if I'm in New York state, I'm only making 500 grand. I get 350,000 taken out of that. I'm only making $150,000 playing NHL. Wow. Isn't that insane? That.
1: Right.
0: It's crazy to think about it in that way. But that's like, if you lose 35% of your salary, some of these guys, they're spending more than 150 grand on their rents, on their car payments, on
1: yeah. the way they
0: live, the way they eat. Like they might lose money this season as an NHL player. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. If it goes the way, this season's a wash. It's gotta be. The, the season's canceled. Like there's no way they can play the rest of the season. There's no way the way things are going.
1: I saw, like, there's rumors the NBA is going to try to continue through the summer and then push the start of next season to start on Christmas Day, which would be kind of cool. Like, that would be a cool event to, you know. I mean, basketball is already sort of must-watch on Christmas Day. It's a tradition there, but maybe – I don't see it happening.
0: I I saw an interview from Bill Daly yesterday, and the NHL is really adamant about having an 82-game schedule next year. So, if they're really pushing for that, the latest – You can go like you can play into July, August. That's about it. Like you, you have to have some time off. You have to get prepared for the next season. Like you got, you still have to have free agency. You still have to have the draft. You have to have all these things and you can push the season back. Maybe to start in November and December, but you can't be Mm -hmm. the idea of a 2014 playoff. That's ridiculous. Like at this point, like if this playoffs are supposed to start in a few weeks, so, I just think there comes a time when you have to be realistic and stop kind of hanging that carrot in front of everybody's face. Oh, we might have playoffs, we might have playoffs, and just call it. I know, the, like the NHL, they're going to wait till the NBA does it. And then once the NBA calls it, the NHL will be, oh, I guess we're going to you know, call our playoffs too. They're never going to be the first one out there to stick their nose out. So, yeah, I think the season's done.
1: That's so what- my opinion. What activities do you have planned for yourself on lockdown? you let your Netflix queue all go? or I don't have Netflix. Netflix. No?
0: No, I don't have Netflix. We might buy Frozen 2 for the kids and watch it one of these nights. Yeah. I got – luckily, I bought the game Guess Who. Do you remember that game? Yeah. So we've been playing Guess Who, and we're going to have a big family game maybe. That's a fun game. It's a really fun – I'm – I love that game. Like, I love it. And my kids aren't old enough to play Monopoly. If they were, we'd be right into the Monopoly. Because <laughs> that is my favorite mm-hmm. board game. If you want to, like, get me over to your house, just ask me over for Monopoly. You know? I could Don't let that. me with a good time. I love You're it. you cerebral numbers
1: guy. You're planning ahead, yeah. Oh, I'm
0: ruthless. So I remember I played with my wife and her family. And they were mostly doing it just to, like, entertain me. And I just wiped the floor with them. I the game, usually the game lasts like a couple hours. The game lasted forty minutes. It was embarrassing. Like it was her mom, her dad, her sister, and my wife, and I just clean house. I was like bankrupting everybody. It was sad. That's I was funny. like, "You guys are not very good business people." But yeah, we're just gonna lay low. Play like we have a young family, so it's not like we're going. And then it
1: snowed today, so we can't even go outside really. So, and then obviously we're in we're in the Lenten season right now for those who are practicing Catholics, and uh, I gave up. TV
0: mm. so what mm-hmm.
1: I gave up TV and then three days later, I can't leave my apartment. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'm what be really do you do here. See, uh, I have distractions. Yeah. I gave up TV
0: too, so I, I but I have stuff going on in the house, so I, I'm yeah. not so this episode's gonna be seven hours long. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, can you just entertain me the rest of the day? <laughs> I mean I, had, I got I do have my Xbox and playing a little bit of NHL uh, hockey and then reading books and stuff, but yeah, gotta find. It's fine week one, but ask me, you know, three weeks from now.
0: Exactly. You should – I remember when I was a kid and I used to play those NHL 99s and stuff. We would always play a whole season. You should do a season. Pick a oh, team. Dude, I'm in season four
1: of my franchise. Well, you haven't played all this week. No, 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 no. But, like, yeah, but I'm, like, I have a team that I'm, like, invested in. Uh, Bruins? Yep.
0: Did you draft your team or did you just take the Bruins?
1: I took the Bruins, but then like every, I mean, every offseason you're letting guys go, you're making trades at the deadline. So it's, it's only like probably less than half of the same team four years later.
0: I always like drafting a brand new team. So I would pick a team and I'd say, let's do a draft. It'd be me and my buddy and we would draft teams. It was so fun.
1: Oh, we do that too. Yeah, yeah, it's a blast. Blessed. anyway so let's let's talk some hockey huh? some real hockey yes By yes the way, um mm-hmm. did you see I, we, we talked about um adding some new merchandise to the store we added a few new things some t-shirts some long sleeves i um, did see that yeah and I, i'm super excited I, I ordered some for us so i don't you and I, hopefully you'll fit in, in an extra large there i know you're a big boy
0: might so, be a probably. little tight yeah they, i like the um you owe me breakfast one
1: yeah that's gonna be a hit i think um so if you if, you, if you're if you interested in looking it's it's johnscottallstar.com forward slash shop um we've had some merch on there for a while for a couple of years now added some new ones and we'll be adding more in the future so great way to support the show and, and you know show your your listenership um and all the money goes right to me so it's kind of a it's a blessing there
0: this is tim's way of kind of affording all those fancy things he has so yes yeah. please Go to the shop. And if you have any ideas, like we're trying to always think of new fun stuff, shirts and junk to put on there. So if you've got any ideas, slide on into my DM. We'll make something, uh, we'll make something happen. But anyways, let's get down to, down to hockey. So the season's going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. The players are going to end up making no money. What is like, what is your thoughts on next year? For the, I know we touched on a little bit last year, last week, but the draft picks, I know was there was some talk around the league of maybe compensating teams who traded or gave up draft picks, or if you gave up a couple first rounders, maybe they'll you know give you a second rounder to compensate you for you know your efforts what What are your thoughts on that?
1: I don't like it. I don't like that yeah i agree yeah it's it seems just to me like a little soft, and I think it's also like it's it's making it too much about hockey like there's a lot more going on in the world and you're going to like give this team a second round draft pick to compensate for that. It's just like, it just doesn't doesn't really, I think it misses the mark for me.
0: All right. So I feel the same way about you now. Then there's the talk of season ending awards. So a good three quarters of the season was played. You're talking almost 70 games for most teams. There was only two weeks left in the season, you know, 14 games or so. Do you give out the awards at the end of the season I feel like the scoring race was already wrapped up by dried Seidel yep I feel like you had a good handle on everyone's season I don't, I don't think anything drastically would change from the last you know three weeks of the season would you give out season-ending awards I, I posed this question on Twitter and we had I had a ton of responses
1: yeah that's a pretty polarizing question um didn't expect to see so many responses there when you tweeted that out i i would say yes um i think it's important especially if and this is assuming that the playoffs don't happen either right it's not just a regular season we're talking about like the nhl is done for this this entire year until the fall um i'm gonna say yes i think it's important that especially given the amount of games that were played it's not like we played like 20 games and this and this thing happened you're there are clear front runners for most if not all of the awards and I think for the for a fan's sake and maybe even the players, it'll give some semblance of like closure for the season. But right now it feels like you're almost like you're holding in a sneeze or something right It's like just like just get it out a little bit have that it, it'll probably won't be an in-person ceremony. maybe you host like a cool online event and all the players Skype in or something you could you could do it a lot of fun ways um, to getting people sort of you know get their their, their hockey fix before the summer hits because people are going to be craving that. Um, so I'll say, yeah. And and the other argument too, is that like they gave awards out another lockout shortened season where you played only 48 games. So why wouldn't they do it here?
0: Those seasons were completed though. Yeah. They they awarded a Stanley cup in those seasons.
1: That is that the I, big factor for you?
0: Yeah. I, I say, no, I say absolutely not. I feel like, things could happen what if um in the scoring race is it, an example the rocket sharp. that's such a close race what if someone gets hurt you know that that award is so close between those three guys where anything could happen you can't really award that award the norris trophy that's a subjective award that's not like a the only award that you could give out would be the um points award at dry you know because he's obviously is there an award for most points
1: no, but he, he's probably the front runner for the Hart MVP trophy, though. I,
0: I, I don't think you could give out any award. Zero awards should be given out. I, I don't feel like the season didn't end. There's always an asterisk. Like, okay, the season's not over. I don't think Drein Seidel, he could be the MVP. I don't think he would be the MVP.
1: What about, um, is there some kind of CBA requirement on, like, bonus clauses and things like that for a certain accolades achieved? There's all star
0: games. There's, yeah, if you win the heart, you get a bonus. I, a bunch of guys have that in their contracts. I think tough cookie. I think this is just one of those things where people are just used to getting, you know, the participation award. Well, we deserve an award. Look at how good I did. Tough cookie, man. Like the season didn't finish. You don't get an award. That's just how it works. Sometimes life is not nice. And that's where I feel like we're at right now. There's more important things going on to be worried about. Do I get the Vesna? Do I get the heart? Do like I'm sure it would be a nice distraction for the for the fans. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see them giving out these awards. They didn't play a full season. There's still an eighth of a season to be played. Uh, that's the way I look at it. I, I don't think they should give them out. Not a chance. Even though John Seidel is running away with the scoring race, even though, you know, there's players who deserve these awards and maybe it would be their first award, the Calder. What do you do with the Calder? Do the rookies from this year get moved over to next year? Stuff like that. I don't know. Those are things you need to be sorted out. But I don't see them giving out those awards just because you can't. You can't do it.
1: So. That's what- yeah, when you posed this question, a couple of other players chimed in with answers, too. Uh, Marty Buran said absolutely because they, um, they played less games in, whatever, 2013 and still gave out awards. Again, like you said, they had a Stanley Cup that season, so that's the factor there. Carlo Coliacomo said, yeah, a good chunk of the season, you know, enough game per play to warrant and, and players earn those awards. I mean, I understand the logic both ways. It's just like, wouldn't it be nice to have, like, that – some sort of closure, some sort of bow on this whole thing so we can move on No, to the season?
0: I don't think you need closure. Those guys are – they're just pandering. I don't think you need an award. It's just – it would be good for the media to give them something to talk about and argue about, oh, well, why did you give the this award to that defenseman or this and that? Like, it would be something to talk about, sure, but you can't. You're not giving out the Stanley Cup. You can't give out a President's Trophy.
1: What about, like – the players. Like, do you think John Carlson wants the Norris Trophy this year? No.
0: You know, I don't think the players care at all, unless he's got a big bonus in his contract saying he got an extra schmill to win that award. Yeah. But if that's the case and you worked that out with your team, you say, hey, listen, I I would have won it. Yeah. The team's cool enough. They'll pay him that bonus. The players don't care. The players don't care at all, at all. I think you do not award these awards. The, the, the season's not over. Didn't finish. Yeah like it's it's pretty simple like it's in it's just crazy it's just no no awards no awards in 2020 that that's what i think should happen all right another tweet we sent out timmy it was a it was a good one yeah good it was one. almost like a negative trying to get the get the people riled up a little bit get their blood boiling
1: it's like when you ask about like most uh, overrated players. It's, it's obviously a lot of similar – probably a lot of similar answers there. To draft I feel ball. like
0: people have a, a stronger opinion on negative stuff than they do on po- – like who's the best player? You know what I mean? Who's your best draft pick of all time as opposed to who's your biggest bust? Right. People get really upset when you, when you start talking about negative things that have happened to their franchise. Oh, Rightfully okay. so. And it's, it, the responses were pretty funny. Because then you look back and you realize, like, man, there's been some bad draft picks. Like the Chicago Blackhawks have drafted fairly bad. They've had a couple decent picks, but for the most part, they've had bad draft picks.
1: Well, I responded.
0: Same with the Oilers.
1: I responded to your tweet with a few of um, like three years in a row. Shirelli had um, three first round picks for the Bruins that none of them even had NHL careers. Joe Colborne uh, Zach Camel, Jordan Caron, like these guys are all bust, bust, bust. Um, and imagine if like even one of those players had turned into like a, a legit player, what, what could have been, you know?
0: Well, that's like the Bruins fans, that doesn't phase them because they've been successful, but a team like the Rangers, they've had some bad draft picks too. And they've been bad for a few years. So like that affects them more. I, I saw one name, huge Jessamine, huge, We call him the huge specimen because yeah. he's so big I forgot he was a first-round draft pick and how big of a bust he was.
1: Not only a first-round draft pick, he was in the 03, the, big, the best draft of all time, arguably. Swing and a miss. So, and same with um, Bruins. In that same draft pick, Mark Stewart at 21. <laughs> Jessamine was at 12. After, after them came Kessler, Mike Richards, Brian Boyle, Corey Perry, Louis Erickson, Bergeron, Shea Weber, <laughs> Corey Crawford, Backus. Power. The list goes on and on. It's just crazy.
0: That's incredible to be able to. Usually there'll be like three or four guys, you know, who make it after your pick. When if yeah. you have like twenty more picks, to have that many guys, ding 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 ding, ding, ding. right? And like legit long NHL careers. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, especially when you consider like who was taken before them too. I mean, Carter, Coburn, Fanuff, Suter, Mikolek, Vanek, Jaredev, Horton, Stahl, Flurry. I mean, what what wow. incredible that was. And the um,
0: Rangers and the Bruins.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the Canadians came up quite a bit. A lot of people were like, any Canadians pick in the last 10 years, it's just been a total bust. Um, well, the
0: obvious answer is the Oilers, right? Just because when you yeah. swing and a miss on a number one overall, that is a big whammy. Like, how many number one overalls are busts? The obvious one is Alexander Degg that comes to mind. Yeah. And Neil Yakupov comes to mind.
1: Was Patrick Stefan number one overall, too?
0: I believe he might have been, yeah. I don't have the number of overall picks pulled up because I'm not in my normal setup where I have screens everywhere and I'm just getting information left and right.
1: Right. But, but I would say – yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. The, the 2012 draft is when Yakupov was picked first overall. It wasn't a crazy, crazy deep draft, but you had some good players. Like Ryan Murray was second. He wasn't really anything great. Yael was third. Reinhardt fourth, like fifth with Morgan Riley for Toronto was probably the best pick of that, you know, of that group. Uh, Matt Dumba, Truba, Philippe Forsberg, all good players. Tom Wilson, Hurdle, great pick for there. So a lot of good players that came after Yakupov. He's definitely the most recent and and biggest uh, draft bust for sure. All right,
0: let's go through the number on overall picks from say, gosh, let's go back to 19. We'll go back to 80. How about that? Let's go 81. I don't know who Doug Wickenheiser is. That was a bust. But like Dale Howard, Chuck Hall of Famer. Bruins the next year. Gord Kluzak. Never heard of him. Brian Lawton with the Minnesota North Stars. Decent pick. Mario Mew the next year. Hall of Famer. Wendell Clark the next year. uh, 1986, Joe Murphy. Great pick. 1987, Pierre Turgeon. After that, Mike McDonald, Matt Sundin, Owen Nolan, Eric Lindros. Those are all solid picks. Roman Hammerlock. This is where we get a, a bust. Alexander Dagg. I feel like he is the modern day bust of all busts. The Ottawa Senators had three number one picks in a span of four years. They, they were the Edmonton Oilers before the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> so their three number one picks from 93 to 96 were Dagg, Berard, and Chris Phillips. Not a lot of exciting talent out of all those guys. Sure, Chris Phillips played. You know, he had a good career, but like, not a lot of like really good talent coming out of those right. picks. Don't you think? Considering like the next year, Joe Thornton gets picked. Vinny LeCavellier. Then the, the Atlanta Thrashers pick. Patrick Stefan, You were right. Man, is that a bad pick. Yep. That's brutal. Rick DiPietro, another bad pick. You never pick a goalie number one overall. Ilya Kovalchuk, good one. Rick Nash. Marc-Andre Fleury.
1: There, that he one books the trend.
0: He went number one. Then we have the studs: Ovechkin, Crosby, Eric Johnson. Yeah. But then Kane, Stamkos, Tavares, Taylor Hall, Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov, Yuck, Ekblad can be said. I think has been a bust for a number one overall pick in 2014. Yeah. And then yeah, McDavid. So and then we know the ones after that: Matthews, Nico, hirshire Dolling, Jack Hughes. But Ekblad, I. I for God, he was the number one overall pick.
1: As I was reading through some of them, reading. a few names kept popping up over and over again, in addition to the ones that we just discussed. But you had uh, Cam Barker um, for the Blackhawks, because he was number three overall, if I remember correctly. Uh, they had
0: a bunch of busts. Like, even um, McNeil was there. They had – Jack Skilly. Barch yeah. was there. They had a lot of bad, bad picks, yeah. They, they, uh, your boy Pouliot came up a few times. That was a that was a first round pick. He was a number one. I know he was in the good draft with Crosby in 05. and that, was, that was a tough one because Oops. no, he was number four overall. Yeah, with Crosby, yeah. Bobby Ryan, Jack Johnson, and then Pouliot, and then right after Pouliot, it was Carey Price. Oh. <laughs> so that was yeah that year the Chicago Blackhawks picked Jack Skilly. not a good yep. pick. So anyways, there's there's a lot of busts. I think that the team who had. Well, that's the thing. I I think in the 2000s and on, Edmonton would be the team that had kind of dropped the ball. You can't have that many number one overall picks and not hit home runs. Right. Like the only really home run they hit was taking McDavid. And that was the obvious pick. When you pick Yakupov number one, like that's you need him to be a superstar and to have after him. Not that there was a lot of good players in that draft. But you're like Ryan Murray right afterwards with the with the Blue Jackets is a good defenseman. He's a very very good defenseman. Then you had Galchenyuk, Reinhardt. Like these are not game changing players. But with Ryan Murray right after you, that that's a big swing and a miss. This whole draft was terrible.
1: Yeah, not not a strong draft.
0: Listen, it's funny how drafts go where you have the 0-3 draft where everybody's a stud, and this one it's like I'm, I'm looking through the list and they're they're all okay players. They're not like really, really great players. It's really funny how that works. I wonder if there's something in the water that year or what, but then you have their Nugent Hopkins pick in 2011, you have Nugent Hopkins, Landis after him chef Shifley comes after him. Like there's some good players that they missed out on. Yep. I don't know. Anyways, my pick would be the Oilers. I obviously there's other picks out there. There's the Hawks, there's the Rangers There's the Senators in the early 1990s and stuff. So, I don't know, very good question, lots of good answers. It's fun to see the fans get all worked up about it.
1: Yeah, especially if you consider, like, you know, what it takes to build, like, a Stanley Cup winning team, especially over, you know, a few years because, like, the the Penguins did it and they hit on so many first-round picks with Fleury, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and then, you know, the Blackhawks, Tays, Kane, Keith, and then um, certainly – what's the other team I'm thinking of? the the kings right dustin brown kopitar dowdy quick like not all first round picks but you you hit on so many prospects at the right time the bruins did it too and then the oilers could have been that team with all those i think three first round picks in five years four something like that Um, what year was kopitar drafted do you know probably like 05 06 something like that because i heard a story someone told me
0: a story of um it was, I think Thomas Vanek told me this story. When Kopitar, the Sabres picked that draft 13th, and they had an option to trade up in the draft to, to make a pick. And they were about to trade up, and someone was like, they asked Thomas, who should we pick if we trade up? And they're like, go get Kopitar. He's an unbelievable player. But the GM at the time said, no, we're not going to. We're, we're going to stay pat. It was Darcy Regear. Vanek was like, "This guy is unbelievable. You need to trade up and get him." They didn't. They didn't do it. They ended up staying at thirteen, and they got Merrick Zagrapan. Never played in the NHL. Who? Kopitar goes two picks earlier to uh, the LA Kings. But imagine having Kopitar and Vanek on the same team, both like super young players. Yep, yep.
1: It's just funny how I don't know. That that that's just like a must be you. so many stories like that.
0: Because uh, they do ask players what their opinion is like who who should we get in this like especially from players overseas they don't they right. don't know them right and danik obviously knew kopitar from growing up and playing probably maybe so
1: and what would it have it cost to move up, move up two draft slots like, like next year's fifth round pick just to move up two picks like you know like it wouldn't have been that much
0: probably a second oh. rounder for next year it, when you're in the top 10 it maybe takes a little bit more but yeah not too much but yeah. obviously the gm didn't take thomas's word and he he's kind of sad and Zagrepan, what a pick! Imagine having Kopitar, though, he probably would want a cup with all those young studs on that team that we were talking to Ryan Miller about. Imagine having adding Kopitar to that little list of players,
1: gosh. Um, anyways, yeah, so let's wrap up with uh, a new segment, and a I we don't have a segment. name for it yet, but we're just going to call it Hall of Fame or not for now. I'd love Ooh. to hear any uh ideas fans have, but basically, the concept is. Every episode, we're going to talk about probably ideally current players or at least remember that players. website that used to be hot or not. <laughs> yeah, we should call it the Hall or Not. Hall or Not. Um, I like it. And basically, the idea is talk by the way,
0: I put my picture up on that hot or not website just for a laugh when I was really young. I was hot. Yeah, I was hot.
1: Do you yeah. do like a
0: ranking score? How does that work? I think people just would vote on it either one to 10 or one to five. It was hot, Tim. Nice. What, what happened? happened? I know, right? Life on the way. Life, right? Uh, hit in the face by life, and then my yeah. nose. Um, oh,
1: so we'll we'll talk about a different player every episode. And we're going to start yeah. one with a current player who's who's kind yeah. of like at the end of his career, Ryan Getzloff. Oh. Now, now, when I say that, just gut reaction. Before we discuss gut reaction, yes or no? Hall of Fame. No. No. Okay. So um ryan gesloff he's gonna have over a thousand points when he retires i mean he's put up elite offensive numbers both in the regular season and in the playoffs i mean he put up a you know arguably a a selkie worthy season um he's been solid defensively he throws the body around he's a two-way forward he's a grinder and when he's on at least earlier parts of his career when he was in his prime when he was on he could control the game like very few players you know in the league could um he was—he uh, won a Stanley Cup, obviously, back in 07, I believe. Three-time All-Star. Won two gold medals uh, on the Canadian Olympic team. Love to hear your thoughts on why you think he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer.
0: I just pulled up his um, career awards. Not many. Not many awards at all. Just throwing that out there. He was a WHL first-team All-Star. He won the Cup in his second NHL season or first NHL season, I believe. And it was his first NHL season. He won his Cup. Made the all-star game three times. Very surprising that he only made it three times. And then he never made the all-NHL team. He made the all-NHL second team. But never, like, voted the best player in that year for an all-star team. So, like, he's put up decent numbers. If you were to think of the Anaheim Ducks, he's been there for what? 14, 15 years, I think? Yeah. In the early parts of his career – that team, I would say the best player would be Timo of As the team progressed, there was maybe a few year window, window where he was the best player where he, like he's never had a hundred points in a season. He's never had 40 goals in a season. His highest goal total is 31. Like he's never really had a breakout season where he's never had a hundred points. Like but he was, he was a
1: pass first guy anyway. Like, Mark Savard never scored 40 goals. Joe Thornton never scored 40 goals. And Nicholas Baxter never scored 40 goals.
0: Okay, a pass-first guy puts up 70 assists, 80 assists in a season.
1: Yeah. His His highest
0: assist total is only 66. Yeah. His next highest after that is 58. It's not like he's dishing out a ton of assists. I just feel like if you're in the Hall of Fame, you have to be the best player at your position. He's not the best player at his position in any one of these years. Yeah, He's not even the best player on his team, arguably. Right. He had Solani at the beginning of his career. He had Perry at the end of his career. Sure, he was on a couple um, Olympic teams where they won golds, and he's had some pretty big moments in his career. But if you're talking Hall of Fame, you want it to be reserved for the best of the best, not the best or a great player. You you have to hold some court of, some sort of standard there, and sure, like he's played his whole career with the one team. He's been the captain. He's he's a great player. Like he's an unbelievable player. He's a big boy. He lugs the puck around. He's got sweet hands. Like he's a really good talent, but he's not even a point a game player. I just say no.
1: You you have talked about him being one of the toughest players to play against because of oh, his size, sure. and skill, combination. Um, do you think working against him at all is being, you know, in a relatively small West coast market? You know, he, he's not as quite front and center as other players.
0: Not when it comes to the hall of fame, I feel like the people in the hall of fame, they know hockey. And yeah. I, I don't think that is held against him as much as like, it would be just for getting endorsements and stuff. Like I, I hear, I'm on Joe Thornton. He's another guy who, maybe hall of fame maybe he's it's the reason i think he, joe's gonna be in the hall of fame he's got 120 point season he's got 114 point season one season he got 92 assists like he's getting 72 assists he's getting like statistically really really big years where he's got big numbers yep that's why i think he's in the hall of fame and he's put up 1500 points in his career now if gets off plays for another five years and gets close to those points, he's almost at a thousand. Then maybe we put him in that conversation because once you get to that top 10 points scoring of all time, then, then the story changes. But I think at this point, the answer is no, maybe in two, three years that changes to a yes, just on longevity. Yeah. guys are playing longer these days. Like careers are being extended. Not like they used to be. You can have a surgery and be back in three months Whereas 40 years ago, if you had a knee injury, you'd be done. Like it was a career ender. So the whole idea of playing 1,000 games, that's changing. Like it, w- it was a big deal to play 1,000 games 20 years ago. Now you're going to see in the next five to 10 years, there's going to be 20, 30, 40, 50 guys getting 1,000 games, and it's, it's, it's lost its luster. Now the big mark's going to be 1,500 games, I think. So I don't know. No for now, but – I, I'll put an asterisk beside it. If he does play three, four years, and he gets another two 300 points, then maybe a yes.
1: All right, John. So final verdict, Ryan gets locked, haul or no? No. All right. You heard it not, here, folks.
0: Not hot at this moment. But <laughs> if he gets that hair transplant, baby, you never know. You never know. He could be hot.
1: Yeah. All right, John. Want to wrap it up here? Anything else going on? that's it everybody um stay safe
0: out there we're gonna try to keep pumping out the drop in the gloves we appreciate the support hopefully we can um you know give you a little bit of levity throughout the day i know we're uh in a tough time but stick with it everybody stay strong we'll talk to you soon cheers later john